You are listening to the audio preaching podcast of Cornerstone Baptist Church in Fallbrook, California, pastored by James Christensen. Though located in the heart of Southern California, you will hear powerful, relevant, and life-changing preaching from the Word of God. Pastor Christensen believes that every Christian can reach their potential for the Lord. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Line number one says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. He says, I want you to take notice. I'm going to show you an example. The example that's given. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. He says, For to their power I bear record, yea, he says, beyond their power. You've heard these verses. This is a missions-minded church here. He says, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty, that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hope. But he says, they first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he'd also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. He says in line number eight, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. I want you to consider first off this morning the, equality, the example that's given, the example of the Macedonians, how they gave from their poverty. What can I do? Well, notice the example that's given of the Macedonians. They gave from their poverty. Let me story for just a minute about our folks. Uh, Brother Christensen's been there. Brother Fry's been there. Brother Fry, you're still a hero, okay? I sent a picture of our gathering together at that men's conference, and all oh, people just love seeing Brother Fry. Or maybe it's the candy that he brought. Okay, one of the two. Okay, I think maybe two in the same, okay? Uh, but our folks on our island and our people would be considered in poverty. Would you agree with me? But yet they've learned how to give. They've learned how to give for the local work. They've learned how to give to missions. A few years ago, a couple years ago, I guess, not three years ago, mercy, time is flying by. Well, the Jason Brown came to our church, uh, just like your pastor did uh, two years ago now. And Brother Brown was there and preaching our missions conference, our first one. And uh, one day after teaching or preaching, we were walking up the stairs of my house, and he asked me, Brother Jason, how many, how many missionaries does Dar Baptist Church support? And when he asked me that, it was honestly the first time that anybody had ever asked me that. And the first time I had ever considered that question. And I wanted to hide. Because the answer was not going to be great. <laughs> I looked at him and said, none. And he looked at me and said, nothing. Ouch, this is bad. I can imagine what he's thinking of. We're having a missions conference for missionaries. Why are, why are we having this missions conference if you don't support any missionaries? This is odd. Does that sound odd? This sounds very odd. But we were supporting local missions and such, but just we didn't have any foreign missionaries that we were supporting. And, um, well, at the end of that week, some of our men in our leadership meeting, they came and said, Brother Jason, why aren't we supporting missionaries? This is the second time I'm having this question now in less than a week's time. I better come up with an answer. So the answer I gave was, you know, it's real difficult to get money out of the country. And that's true. The, go the government doesn't want money leaving. They only want money what? Coming. They're happy to receive they don't want anybody sending it out. And they put all kinds of roadblocks to prevent that from happening. And so, but they, they came off and they said, you know, pastor, shepherd, spiritual leader, 
great giant of the faith. Jesus said that we need to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We need to do this. I said, okay, good. So how many missionaries would you like to support? And then they came up with this. They said, well, there are six continents with people. We should have one missionary on every continent if we're going to reach the whole world, right? I yell, six. We're going to go from zero to six. It's like going from zero to 60 in a, what? Name a car. Pinto. Okay. <laughs> I don't know who makes Pinto. Was that a Ford Pinto? Is that who made Pinto? My parents used to have a Pinto. Okay. And now we just eat Pinto beans. That tells you about Pinto. But they wanted to support six. I said, okay, great. Uh, how much do you like to support these six for? And they, so they turned it back on me again. They said, well, how, how much do churches normally support you for? And I said, oh, about 100 bucks a month. And they said, well, we need to do that. And at that time, our church was given about 250 kina. We'll just say bucks, okay? About 250 bucks a month to missions. And that was pretty consistent. It'd be around that. I said, okay, so we're going to go from 250 to 600. That'll be fun. Lots of faith I'm having, right? And uh, so I researched, finding some missionaries, and we found some missionaries to support. Most of them were new guys on the field. And, and uh, we presented to the church, and the church started giving. And they started giving. And they were able to meet that commitment of 600 a month. I got shocked. Wow. The next year, they wanted to increase their support from 100 to 150 a month, about $50 a month. And so now their commitment is 900 a month. And I want to tell you, our folks have been meeting that and giving in excess of about 1,200 a month. They went from 250 or so a month to now 1,200 plus a month. Wow. But they're in poverty. Let me tell you how they do this. Most of our people, most of our ladies, they buy little plastic cups and they buy something called cordial, that's concentrated stuff. If you drink it, you'll die, that type of stuff. And uh, they mix it with water, they pour it in those cups, they put it in someone's freezer, and they freeze that, and they go out and sell them for 50, 50 toya, okay? Just think cents, 50 cents a cup. And that's how they live. Not talking about how they give, that's how they live. Are you feeling me here? Paul says, I want to show you the example of the Macedonian church, how they gave. They gave from their poverty. But secondly, notice, if you would, the example of the Lord Jesus, how he gave, he gave from his riches. In line number nine, just mark it down. If you ever want to know my favorite verse in the Bible, this is it. Verse number nine. It says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became what? That ye through his poverty might be rich. Isn't that a lovely verse? That encapsulates the gospel right there. That encapsulates missions right there. He says, you know something. You know about the grace of God. All of you have been born again. If you've been born again, raise your hand up. Raise your left hand up. Bunch of Pentecostals, that's what you are. Baptocostals. He says, you know about this. You, you all have been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You know about the grace. You know where you were. He says, let me tell you about the Lord Jesus, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. But when we consider what Jesus... By the way, missions is exactly that. Someone that's up here reaching down to someone down there and picking them up. You know the song? Where they lifted me up from the miry clay, and he set my feet on a rock to stay. Isn't that what happened to you? That's what happened to me. And it only happened because somebody, his name is Jesus, decided to reach way down, 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 and he lifted me up, up, up. 
Praise God for that. And that's what your missionaries do. Most of the time, they go to people that are, quote unquote, below their state, state, not stature, that's your height. Anyways, below their place, and they reach them up and say, let me tell you something you don't know. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died to take away the sins of the world. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus gave from His riches. I love the song. Uh, well, I heard the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thy all in all. Sing it now. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Can you go back one, brother? I messed that up for you. Thank you. I love that statement. Jesus gave both his hands to the nails. How can I keep back one of mine from serving him? Isn't that a beautiful statement? It speaks about his commitment to us and our commitment to him. I love the song. I, I'm singing here. Give of your best to the master. Give of the strength of your youth. Throw your soul's fresh glowing ardor into the battle for truth. And here we go. Jesus has, let, Jesus has set the example. A little Switzerland going on there. Dauntless was he young and brave. Give him your loyal devotion. Give him the best that you have. Is it any, any use giving God second best? I had an uncle. I still have an uncle. But this particular uncle one day bought a brand new stereo. And I was driving with him in the car, and he said, I'm going to give my old one to the church. And I wasn't even saved yet, and I said, why don't you give your new one? I just thought that was odd. You're going to give your old one to the church? Why don't you give the new one? <laughs> you know, but isn't that typical of us? We want, to, we want to enjoy the new and give God the old. Oh, boy, read Malachi chapter 1 sometime. You said three? No, I mean one. God says, why don't you give that moldy bread to your governor? Will he accept that? He's not going to accept that. Don't give moldy bread to God. Amen. <laughs> give of your best to the master. So we see the example that's given. Second, I want to show you the encouragement that's given by the Apostle Paul. The encouragement. He says on line number 10, are you still there in our text? 2 Corinthians 8. Yep. Line number 10, we read this verse, was our text. And here he says, I give my advice, for this is expedient for you. Who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward to go. This is encouragement. He says, hey guys, you guys begun? Hey, keep it going. You're on the right track. Keep it up. Good job. What great encouragement. Number three something, notice the exhortation that's given in line number 11. He says, now therefore perform the doing of it. It's not enough just to want to do it. Do it. You've got that tree outside there with all these little ribbons hanging down, and you see different things that the church needs. Hey, you want to do something? Do it. He says, as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you what? Have. God never wants what you don't have. God will enable His will. We, we say this statement as missionaries, uh, where God guides, He provides. Right? I'll just give a quick testimony here because I don't know how it's going to work into the next message. On furlough, uh, we come home for a little bit of rest. Uh, and this year, because of COVID, there's been a lot of opportunity for that, <laughs> more than normal for us. But uh, we come back really to retool. That's the reason why we come back. Retool for our next phase of ministry. And I normally have 
raise money for different projects. And uh, it's normally about 50000 or so. But this time, for some reason, the Lord, I felt, led me uh, to raise funds for about 180000 closer to two hundred. I mean, I was like, wow, Lord, I don't know how this is going to work out. And so that's one reason, Pastor, I stay busy on the road. i got to be on the road. I think I preached, this is probably my 73rd church I've preached in this year. Maybe, no, I think it's 76, 76. And so I stay busy because it's very difficult to raise money in a prayer letter. Most people don't respond, believe it or not. I just sent a prayer letter out. I think I got one person that said, hey, thanks. Oh, okay, you're welcome. People don't read letters most of the time. And then COVID hit, brother. And then churches were canceling, and boy, this is not going to work out well. People are losing their jobs. Let me get to the end of the story here. We were, were about 60,000 short of our goal. So the Lord had given through His people about uh, 140,000, which is phenomenal. But we're about 60,000 short, and I'm honestly feeling nervous. Because, you know, I'm about to go back, and I'm, my, my principle that I've, I've tried to live by thus far is I do not write about money when I'm on the field. When I'm on the field, it's time to work. You follow what I'm saying? So I'm not saying it's a rule, but generally I don't write letters home about money when I'm on the field. It's just it's time to work. This is the time I raise money. So I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. My last prayer letter I put out on the top, it said, Urgent! <laughs> Read it! <laughs> Please, somebody look at this. And God, would you speak to their hearts about giving? Well, we're in a missions conference. I've got about eight minutes here. Missions conference a few weeks ago. And I'm just feeling burdened, honestly. Feeling the weight. And a missionary was speaking. Missionary to Chile. He's been there 38 years, Brother Reinhardt. And in his message, he, he talked about casting your care. And I'm feeling the burden. And I wrote down those words, casting all your care. I picked up one of their offering slips. I'm not going to put any money in. I'm just going to write on it, okay? <laughs> Sorry, church. So casting all your care. And I began writing my burdens. First one on the list, brothers, tickets. We were on the wait list to buy a ticket. I've been on the wait list to get on the plane, but I've never been on a wait list to buy a ticket. I mean, they're always happy to sell you tickets. Can you imagine being on a wait list to buy a ticket? They won't even let you buy a ticket. That's the situation it is for missionaries right now trying to get home. Tickets and then shipping and titles for these little vehicles we're taking, building, solar, all this stuff. That was Sunday night. I wrote that in the pew. Invitation time came, brother. This is what I did. <laughs> well, wait a minute. I cast it. It said casting, right? <laughs> so I cast it. And I'm at the altar, and I'm praying, Lord, I got these burdens. I don't know what to do about them. And I did pick it up and take it back with me, okay? But I did leave those burdens there to the best of my ability. Monday morning, I get a text from our travel agent. Tickets. I got your tickets. She didn't tell me how much, but she got tickets, all right? <laughs> Save that for another day. But I'm like, man, Lord, look what happened. Just last night, I put that down, and look what you did. And then that same day, brother, the shipping guy called me. He couldn't find a 40-foot high-cube container on the West Coast. That they're just bought out, sold out. Can't get them. He said, I've got one for you. This was Monday, after I put it on the altar Sunday. And then, um, and then the next day, I dealt with these other things. I just started ticking them off. Tick, 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 tick. 
It was phenomenal. I, I'm just, I, I hate to say this. I've never seen God work like that in my memory. Okay. I was just like, man, people would ask me on Tuesday, how, how, how are you doing? I said, man, I'm doing great. And it's only Tuesday. This is amazing. Let me give you this little story here. Last Friday, I'm driving from Santa Ana up to close to Visalia to pick up 400 pounds of steel. Someone made some stuff for us. We're taking it back. I'm on my way back, driving through L.A. I get a text from our office manager, Brother Cal Braley. He says, Brother, are you driving? I am driving. I had a guy with me, so I gave it to him. And Yes, I'm driving. He goes, well, I don't want to cause an accident, but I've got some news for you. I said, okay, give it to me. What kind of news? It was just going to be bad news or good news. He didn't say. He says, someone just dropped off a bag, a woman, a widow woman, just dropped off a bed, bath, and beyond bag. So, okay, maybe my wife can use something in there. Thank you. And he said it had 300 $100 bills in it. You all doing the math right now? I've never seen God work like that in my life, brother. Someone dropped off a bag with $30,000 in it. I wouldn't walk out of the bank like that. You follow what I'm saying? But somehow God touched that widow woman and said, I want you to go down and meet that need. I've never seen them like it in my life. Not that I can remember. My memory is bad, but not that I can remember. But I want to show you in the last few minutes here the explanation that Paul gives. He says, For I mean not that other may be eased and ye burdened. He says, But by inequality. But now at this time your abundance may be supplied for their want, that their abundance also may be supplied for your want, that there may be equality. Everybody's got something. Is that right? Does everybody have something? What do you have? All of us have air right now. We're all breathing. Okay, I won't go into all that. I want you to notice these, these folks here. This is Brother Job right here. You know Brother Job. Brother Job is a great man. He's a church planter, started a church in his village, doing a great job. Brother Job's about to get married. Woohoo! Finally got someone for Job. Praise the Lord. And it was the one I was thinking of. And it worked out. Good. And so he's about to get married. Brother Job, he's a preacher. He's a man of God. Brother Job doesn't have, a, doesn't have a job. Because Brother Job doesn't have a job, what does Brother Job not have? He doesn't have any money. Right. This is Sister Viola and Brother Dunstan, sweetest, sweet, one of the sweetest couples in our church. Okay, sweet people. I won't go into all the sweetness about them, but they're great people. These are business people. He, he has a fuel business. He sells fuel. And Sister, she just retired actually, was a, an accountant for a big fishing company on the island. These two people have jobs. Because they have jobs, they have what? But the job has no job because he has no job. He has no what? These people have a job because they have a job. They have. Does Brother Job have anything? But the job doesn't have a job because he doesn't have a job. What does he have? Starts with a T. Ah, you got it, brother. If Vanna White was here, she would put it up there. All right. He has time. These two people have a job because they have a job. Do they have time? Now they're working. I won't go into everything I would normally go in on this story. But Brother Job is working the ministry. And these folks right here are giving so that Brother Job can do the work of the ministry, as well as other missionaries around the world. How would this couple feel if Brother Job was 
they, they visited Brother Job, and every time they visited, Brother Job's underneath that mango tree. I led Brother Job to the Lord under a mango tree. He's under that mango tree, and he's drinking a mango smoothie. They see him one time doing that. They come back a, a month later. He's doing that again. And his church, boy, nothing's happening there. His sermon, that was terrible. No organization to that. He just stood up and hollered for a little bit. That didn't make any sense at all. Would they want to continue to support Brother Job? They wouldn't want to support him. How, how about, how about uh, Brother Job? He comes to Dar Island. He sees these people. They're working hard. They've now, and they've developed this big house. And they're driving down a Porsche. Or B, she's got a Porsche. She's got a BMW. It wouldn't work because of the potholes. But anyways, just for the story's sake. He sees them, boy. They've got all this stuff. My point is this. The spirit of missions, he says, I mean not that other men be eased and ye burdened, but by inequality. But now at this time, your abundance, what do you have? Well, I've got plenty of time. Good. Your abundance may be a supply for their want. What do they not have? Oh, they don't have any time. That their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. Brethren, in, in the work of the Lord, God wants there to be equality. Does, it doesn't quite work with your pastor, but does your pastor have a job? Okay. In, in, the, in the secular sense, the answer would be no. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> you, but you're laughing because you know he's a hard worker. You know that. Would you, want to, would you want to give in an offering to support a lazy man? You wouldn't do that. You'd never do that. Spirit of missions is the spirit of equality. Everybody's got to do your part. Everybody's got to do your part. Your pastor set up a tree out there with little tags on it, encouraging, um, encouraging you, here's some opportunities to give. Here's some opportunities to be involved in. Hey, he doesn't want what you don't have. If you've got it, praise the Lord. Give it to the Lord. You follow what I'm saying there? If you got it, praise God. This is an opportunity. I love to give. I don't like taxes. How many like taxes? Because taxes are what they what? Take. Do you give tax? Do you give <laughs> to taxes? No, they take it from you. And if you don't give it, they're going to throw you in jail. God's not like that. He doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. He doesn't want your time. He wants your heart. I mean, we can go soul winning with a bad attitude. And he uh, there's no reward for you, buddy. Amen? Spirit of missions. Paul envisioned an equality in missions that's centered on sacrifice. Everybody doing your part. Here's that couple again. And there's our last year's uh, uh, preacher's workshop you attended the year before that. Last year I taught this principle by inequality. I'm trying to teach our pastors there on the mainland. You guys need to work hard. These people in town, they're working hard. You work hard. Let's all work hard. Amen. Thank you for listening to this preaching podcast from Cornerstone Baptist Church. We hope that you were encouraged. For more information about our ministry, you can find us online at cornerstonefallbrook.org.